Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Betting Chicago. My name is Joey Christopoulos. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. NBA and college basketball, it is back. The NFL and football playoffs, it's right around the corner. It's happening this weekend. And with all these sports going on, there are plenty of bets to lock in. So if you're thinking about picking the Lakers to repeat their NBA championship, maybe someone's going to upset Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs, or maybe the Bears are going to cover the nine-point spread this weekend against the Saints, you got to head to betonline.ag. They got game spreads, totals, team, player, and coaching props. BetOnline, it gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there is always that online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining the pod today. It's Bears Saints. It's wild card playoff week. Little did we think, Bears fans, that we'd be here talking about the postseason, but here we are. So I had to bring back one of my favorite guests. His wonderful insights you can find on the Bears blog. It's Jeff Hughes. Jeff, happy new year. Thanks for coming back. How are you? Hey, thanks for having me again. It was a great chat last time. Looking forward to it. Excellent. Thank you for joining me again. Bears Saints, let's just start here maybe with a little bit more of a broad aspect. I want to get into some of the, the pieces that you've been writing for the website recently. But the last time we talked, Jeff, the Bears were mired in a six-game losing streak. You know, we were talking macro more than we were talking micro of where this organization was heading. You know, not to get too deep into it, but if you can maybe drill in on one key, what do you think that this Bears team has done over the last month? You know, what one aspect of the team have they done to been able to turn it around to even put themselves in a position to get into the postseason? What would you say that was? Well, I think Matt Nagy suffered probably the most difficult two-week period you can suffer as a head coach. The team quit uh, in primetime against Green Bay. They collapsed against Detroit the following week. It looked like this era was over. But what has happened since is the offensive line has come together. They have established an identity as a running football team, thanks to some brilliant play by David Montgomery. And they found a way to run an offense that Mitch Trubisky can be quote unquote successful in. And those elements worked very well against lower teams, against the Houston Texans, against the Detroit Lions, against the Minnesota Vikings, against the Jacksonville Jaguars. They ran into a better team uh, the final week of the season, and it didn't work as well. And that's sort of the world you live in when you have a mediocre or worse quarterback. When you go against the better teams, those flaws come out and they are revealed. So what they've done to turn this around, they have found an identity on offense. They have been extremely productive the last month and a half, and that's why they're in the playoffs. And to your point about you know the game plan that they rolled out against the Packers, I thought it was for the Chicago Bears, this iteration, like what we're talking about, what they have constituted on this team, it was kind of a perfect game plan. They were controlling the ball. You know, they were running it for first downs. They were picking up the third and shorts there. They just weren't able to convert field goals into touchdowns, which then brings us to the Mitch Trubisky conversation. You had a wonderful article, and you put it so eloquently that in the big game moment against the Packers, Mitch Trubisky played small. Can you just illustrate to our listeners a little bit more of what you were talking about when you say that? Well, when you play against top defenses or top teams, you're defined by the big third down. You're defined by your play in the red zone. And to this point, the Bears have really gotten away with David Montgomery pounding the ball into the end zone. It was very clear from the start of that game that Mike Patton and the Green Bay Packers were not going to let the Bears do that. So what they needed in that red zone was a quarterback who could improvise, who could make plays, who could make a difficult throw into traffic. That's not who he is. 
And in that moment, it became very obvious. And the, the throw he did make into the end zone was so bad and should have been intercepted. And I think that throw in that moment scared the hell out of the coaching staff. I think Matt Nagy looked at that moment and said, you know what? We're not going to take some of the chances I normally would take here. Fourth and two at the two. We're going to kick fourth down inside the red zone. We're going to kick because we're going to take the points because right now he's not a reliable enough player in the big moment to take that risk on. And I thought they coached away from him all game long. And I've said this before, you can win games with Mitch Trubisky, but when your coaching staff is coaching away from him in in the biggest game of your season, you know, you don't have the guy in the big moments throughout his career. He has been a small player. And that's never going to change. And when you say the word coaching away, that's such a wonderful phrase, because honestly, that's something that Matt Nagy's been doing in the red zone ever since he became the coach of the Chicago Bears. I mean, in 2018, yeah. he couldn't trust Cody Parkey to kick anything. What, you know, outside of maybe 38, 35 yards at times. And then you have a quarterback that has, that struggles in that particular area. And it kind of this is sort of leading into my next question where, you know, you start to pull up the numbers. And for everyone that wants to pat Mitch Trubisky on the back for how he's played the last month or so, you know, we can do that, but we can also be critical. And when we start to look at those areas, like you were talking about the red zone, it gets a little disheartening. You know, if you pull it up, I really feel like in that, you know, when they're in that one yard to 10 yard area in the red zone, you know, Mitch Trubisky's completing only 54% of his passes. His average yards per attempt is only 3.8. So he's not even attempting to get the ball into the end zone. As you mentioned, you know, they started coaching away. There was no 50-50 balls, you know, to Allen Robinson in the end zone against the Packers. How were they able to tackle this particular issue against the Saints this weekend? You know, is it going to have to have more Matt Nagy just trusting Mitch Trubisky to make the right decision? Or is this going to be more on Trubisky to continue to play smart in there, pound the rock, and just hope that you get it in the end zone? I think you're going to pound the rock and hope you get it in the end zone. To expect, <laughs> Mitch Trubisky, to expect Mitch Trubisky to play smart down there is just not going to happen. I, I go back to what happened against Green Bay. It's a third down call. Mitch Trubisky dumps the ball about the five-yard line to David Montgomery, who is triple teamed. It is a play that had no chance to be successful. Now, we have seen what happens around the, the goal line. What happens in the red zone, you're playing with a limited amount of field. And so when you're playing with a limited amount of field, that one read look of Mitch Trubisky, I'm looking over here, that's not there. I look over here, that's not there. Now you need a quarterback who can make smart decisions. He's in the back. He rolls around. He's looking for open guys. What we've seen is when that scenario presents itself and he has to improvise from the pocket or running around, he makes his worst decisions. That's when he floats balls into coverage. That's when he tries to fit balls in that he shouldn't. That's when guys with his skill set should be using their legs. But we know now that the, the data is there. Mitch is not going to do that. So I just think, from Maggie's perspective with this Saints game, I think you're going to be as conservative as you can. This is not the Packers. You don't expect the Saints to score 40 this week. You're going to be as conservative as you can. You're going to take points whenever you can because you just can't risk this guy throwing picks in the end zone. And he's a very bad quarterback when he's throwing in the end zone. Is it also fair to say you're talking about Matt Nagy? You know, is this also where Bears fans get really critical of him? Where in those situations, is this where we could possibly see the Cole Komet end around um, and Anthony Miller pass? Is this when maybe he gets a little too cute and has to try and out scheme the situation because he doesn't have trust in his quarterback? You know, I've always said nobody cared about the things Matt Nagy did in 2018. He was throwing passes to defensive linemen in the end zone and nobody <laughs> yeah. criticized him in 2018 because it worked because he had people off guard. 
What's happened now is everyone knows down there what the Bears are trying to do. That Cole Komet end around, I know people don't want to hear it. It's a great play call. When you're expecting David Montgomery up the gut and you're handing an end around to a tight end, it's a great play call. The Bears didn't block it. And if the Bears had blocked it, we would all be sitting here saying, wow, who would expect that? Matt Nagy has to be creative down there because he doesn't have a quarterback who can provide the creativity. I, I wish more Bears fans, I just don't think Bears fans, but ones that I communicate with, watch a lot of the other teams. I wish you could see how the good quarterbacks, the top quarterbacks, operate down around the goal line. It's a very different game for Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers down there. They see the whole field. They get their team in the right position. They're, they're identifying mismatches audibly and getting the ball to the mismatch. Trubisky doesn't do that stuff. It's take the snap, look to a read. If the read's not there, the play pretty much is dead or he makes a mistake. That's fine against the bad teams. That's fine if your goals are 8-8, eight and 9-7. Eight, and seven. Maybe you luck into an 11-5 year. But sustained success over a long period of time, you're not getting there with that kind of quarterback play. Well, look no further. The margin for error, error is so small that, you know, yeah, yeah, you watch these other NFL games, and after a couple seconds, that quarterback finds a guy, and he's just wide open in the end zone. It feels yeah. like every time a ball goes into the end zone for the Chicago Bears, it's Allen Robinson fighting off two different guys, and yeah. then we have to look at the replay for a couple seconds because it's this huge scrum or Jimmy Graham. I mean, it's just it, – they, they don't make it easy down there, do they? They don't. And they're not, their receiving core is built in a certain way. It's not a, it's not a big separation receiving core. They're not going to blow people away with speed. Darnell Mooney, I think, will get there. Again, rookie year is always tough. But I think you'll see him in the next iteration of this offense being sort of a, a crossing route threat where he's just running by himself mm-hmm. in the middle of the field. They are built to be a good red zone offense. They have good tight ends. They have good receivers. And their offensive line is playing well. There's a missing ingredient. And the missing ingredient is at the quarterback position. And, and I, I don't mean to harp on the kid. I actually would not be opposed if Mitch Trubisky comes back next year. We just all have to accept the same way I argued about Cutler for years. Just accept who he is. Don't expect him to be something he's never going to be. But don't also call him something he's not in the negative. Accept who he is. He's a limited player. But he's a limited player that you can win games with. Think back to when Mitch Trubisky was drafted. There was player comps flying around, and they threw around the name Alex Smith. And Bears fans went, oh, no, not Alex Smith, anything but Alex Smith. But truly, you know, that is the type of player that I think if he is to reach his type of ceiling, that kind of efficiency, that kind of working between the 5- and 15-yard markers in terms of pass attempts, being accurate, you know, he probably has a little bit more athleticism so he can get on the on the outside on those bootlegs a little bit more. But I think ultimately, I think you can win with that type of player. We, the Bears have shown that they're able to win with that type of player. And this season has been so frustrating. It's been so confusing. But again, it doesn't take away from I think there is talent on this Bears team. Unfortunately, though, in the NFL, if you don't get that quarterback position correct, you're going to have frustrations. You're going to have problems. And perhaps maybe you're a mediocre eight and eight team you know, on the cusp of either doing something in the playoffs or getting knocked out early. Listen, if he was Alex Smith between the ears, I think he'd be a very successful starting quarterback. Agreed. Yes. I I just think Mitch Trubisky does not have it between the ears. That doesn't mean he's not a bright guy. I don't know him at all. But that means is he does not process football information at the speed he needs to. He does not see the game the way the great quarterbacks see it. Oftentimes when I I look at the field, I look at the the All-22 tape, I see some of these open guys. 
it's not even in his purview to get to those guys yet. And I just keep wondering if if they're I was I don't think Matt Nagy wants to coach him much anymore. I think they're go I think they're coaching the hell out of him now. But I just don't think he sees defenses, processes coverages, gets offensive lines in the right. I don't think he does any of that stuff the frontline starting quarterback does. That doesn't mean he can't play in the league. That doesn't mean he can't win in the league. But he's never going to be the guy you win a championship because of. You're bringing up a great point about the game film. I also get the opportunity to watch the All-22 as well. My take at the beginning of the season, and this is maybe where the rubber meets the road with Matt Nagy and Mitch Trubisky, unfortunately. I felt like in those first two games, Mitch was playing not to piss his head coach off. And by that, I mean, I was seeing second-level route schemes open themselves up and Matt Nagy actually calling some plays that could have brought up some huge chunk yards, but Mitch Trubisky is eyes down, not there, check down right away, can't make a mistake, don't make a mistake, don't trust yourself, just make the play, stay within the offense. And I think that was really making Matt Nagy upset that he was like, hey, I'm calling these plays and we're getting actually some nice space here on these second level routes. His eyes just aren't down the field. I mean, is it possible that Matt Nagy and Trubisky can repair this relationship? Because I feel like the trust factor on both sides it's just, I don't know, it might feel like it's a little bit of a foregone conclusion where is Matt Nagy ever going to trust Mitch Trubisky enough to make the throws? And is Trubisky ever going to trust himself enough to make those throws without, you know, making his coach upset or making some sort of mistake? It's a it's a mental thing. I'm, I agree with you 100%. It's a mental thing that gets, that gets coupled with a physical thing, which is Mitch Trubisky is terribly inaccurate down the field. And there's no way around it. Yeah, he makes a throw every once in a while where you look and say, okay, this guy's got, look at that ability. Look at what he can do. But even last week, he's got wide open Darnell Mooney down the left side. Wide open. And he overthrows him out of bounds. Doesn't give the guy even a chance. You see Mooney's face in that moment saying, you got to give me a chance. You know, Taylor Gabriel had a year a couple of years back where he should have had about 300 more yards than he had on the season. But, but he just kept getting airmailed by Mitch Trubisky. There's just limitations physically to what he can do. I think that's why Bill Lazor and Matt Nagy have taken the offense and said, let's take the passing game, let's tighten everything up, let's simplify everything, let's sprint them out of the pocket, let's give them multiple reads on one side of the field, and we'll see how that works. It worked against the bad teams. We'll see if it works. It does not work particularly well against a good Packers defense. This is an even better Saints defense. And you know that they're going to go into this game saying, we're taking David Montgomery out. We're making this guy who's never beaten a good defense beat a good defense. That's the approach this week. Saints defense, one of the best run defenses in the league, too, as well. So the Bears might have to do something a little bit different than their exact game plan at times to hopefully score some points. And you're right, the scouting reports out there, I just don't think opposing defenses really uh, respect or trust Mitch Trubisky's arm beyond 15 yards. I mean, and they think that everything's going to be in front of them and they're going to get yards after the catch. I want to pivot over a little bit. We're going to move our way to the defense in just a second, but. I do want to ask you a question. This might not be an easy answer, or maybe it is obvious. You know, what would be a bit uh, – Roquan Smith not playing this Sunday. Darnell Mooney, we're going to find out. If Darnell Mooney doesn't play, what's a bigger loss for the Bears heading into this weekend, Darnell Mooney or Roquan Smith? Well, I would say Roquan Smith. He calls the defense. He's the best player now on the defense. His ability to get sideline to sideline is as good as anybody in the game. And if Kamara plays, that is an ability you absolutely need. I go back to the first meeting as well. Jared Cook ate the Bears' lunch in that game. I still can't believe it happened, but it did. So have, not having quarterback of the defense against this offense is very difficult. And again, thinking about Drew Brees, 
not going to try to stretch you out, not going to try to throw 30 yards down the field, going to keep everything in a 10, 15 yard window where Roquan Smith would live. So I think that's the more difficult one. They can scheme guys into that Mooney role. You know, Mooney is a five to seven touch game guy. Now you want him on the field because he at least makes the defense respect the deep ball. He's going to run a couple of goes. He's going to keep safeties honest. If he can run, I'd still put him out there and have him run the routes, even though I don't intend to throw him the ball. But no, it, it, it's Roquan is a far bigger miss. He's on there every single play. And I think that you will see the Saints attack Danny Trevathan in the passing game this week. Oh, and that's something that opposing, you know, offenses have done all season long. I mean, Danny Trevathan yeah. is very smart, puts himself in the right place, but let's be honest, he's lost a step, right? And teams are more 100%. than happy to more than happy to exploit that. Hundred percent. And and he's actually played way better than he started. His first month was brutal. We thought he was shot. He's played way better since then. But his his strength is not going to be lining up with Jared Cook and chasing him down the field. It's not going to be uh, hunting Alvin Kamara in the flat. That's not what he does. Uh, he's sort of a pursuit player. Uh, I think he'll be good against the run this week, and the Bears need to be. But without Roquan, it, it is going to be a, a hurdle for this defense to keep the Saints anywhere under 24 points. Scale of 1 to 10 right now, what is your confidence level in this Bears defense? Two. two and a half. <laughs> yeah, it's gotten to that it's point. Hard. Well, it's hard because I don't think the pass rush is playing anywhere near to the level they should be. And if they were playing to that level, they could compensate for what the, what the injuries in the back end. The Jalen Johnson and Buster screen injuries have been brutal for this team because they're now left with just Kyle Fuller out there and a bunch of sort of, you know, also Rams, guys who are not stars in this league, Duke Shelley, Kendall Vildor was a rookie. These guys aren't ready to, to cover big-time receivers. So you needed the pass rush to compensate. You're paying the pass rush to compensate. They should be the stars of this team. And they just haven't been this year. Now, Max had a good year. I still want to see the sack numbers higher. I still want him hitting more quarterbacks. I get that the pressures are there. I get he's taken on double teams, but he's paid enough money to beat those double teams. The great edge rushers, they beat those double teams. So I wish the numbers were a bit better. Robert Quinn has been borderline non-existent. Akeem Hicks had a great year against the run. He has not had the same year that we expect in the pass rush. That's the problem that, that has faced this defense. They're giving quarterbacks too much time. And when you give quarterbacks a lot of time and half of your secondary is being overrun, that's where the problems come from. And you're asking yourself the question, you know, what does this defense do well? What can they hang their hat on? You just mentioned, you know, a pass rush. I think they've only got eight sacks in their last eight games. You know, you pay Eddie Jackson and what Kyle Fuller, a lot of money. They have like one interception between the two of them. There's tackling fundamentals issues when you get, you know, into that second level, especially without Roquan Smith, you know, where does, where is that generated pass rush going to come from? You know, do you think Chuck Pagano is going to have to scheme up maybe a little bit, something more, you know, maybe take a couple more chances. Dare I say, Oh, I don't know. Maybe blitz a little bit more often this week. You know, what, what does the defense going to have to do to maybe hold down these New Orleans Saints? So I'm writing about this tomorrow on the Bears blog, and I actually don't think blitzing works against the Saints because they want to get the ball out of their hands quick. You know, Drew, Drew's the least sacked quarterback, one of the least sacked quarterbacks ever. And with the ribs being where they are, he's not going to want to get hit. So what I, this week especially, I'm playing up on these receivers. I'm playing up near the line of scrimmage. I'm giving my pass rush a few seconds to get to Drew Brees and not giving these three and five yard cushions the Bears are giving every week. You watch them play, it just seems like every third and five, they're giving six yard cushions off the line of scrimmage. And it just doesn't make sense. So, so this week, for me, I'm playing up on these receivers and trying to give my pass rush time to get home. The other thing they've got to do, 
as a defense is catch the football. I mean, let, <laughs> oh, last, last week, brutal. Week, this is, yeah, that game is 21-16, 21-13, 21-16. That is a ball game. And they dropped three interceptions in about 15 minutes. When Aaron Rodgers gives you chances to make game-changing plays, you've got to make them. And I'm not talking about these bigger listeners who maybe didn't see it. These weren't difficult interceptions. These were balls thrown directly to defenders, and they just dropped them. This is the playoffs. They're there, nine, ten-point underdogs this week. If Drew Brees throws the ball to a defender, they've got to catch it, and they've got to do their damnedest to get that ball in the end zone. That's what the 2018 Bears did. That's what all the great Bears defenses have done. They make the big play in the big moment. So that, that's a huge factor in this game. Drew's going to throw a couple balls that can be picked. They've got to pick them off, change field position, and score when they can. And unfortunately, you know, it doesn't go in the box score, but I feel like in the beginning part of the season, they were getting those interceptions and running them back for touchdowns, but they were being called back for penalties. I think yeah. we had three or four of those yeah. moments where there could have been game-changing moments called back by penalties, and now we can't catch those interceptions. We just got a couple more minutes here with Jeff Hughes from DeBear's blog. I want you to maybe fill in the blank for me. The Bears will win this Sunday if blank. Uh, if Cordero Patterson has a big impact. Ooh. Uh, I think Cordero Patterson is returning. Now, I don't know. If Will Lutz just pounds the ball through the end zone, they're indoors, he probably will do that. But, but I think Cordero Patterson has to have an impact in, in two ways. One, get this, get this field position filled. Get a couple of returns where you push it out to the 40. I want to force, even after a punt, I want to force the Saints to go 80 yards, 85 yards. It's going to take them time to do that. Their offense isn't designed for 50-yard hit plays. They want to go six, seven, four, or three. Like, that's what I want to do. I want Cordero Patterson to have a big impact. But I would also add in on the offense, they've got to be throwing on first down. I'm putting Cordero Patterson in that backfield on first down, play action and dumping the ball to him and giving him chances to make plays. I think he's the wild card this week. I think they got to use him in that Tariq Cohen way in the offense. Let him catch a few screens. Keep this defense off you. So that's my If Cordell Patterson has an impact Sunday, it's big time news for the Bears. Yeah, I'm looking at a couple of aspects that are one of them's a little bit different because it's 2020. The first one is it is kind of nice if you're going to play in New Orleans in that usually raucous loud stadium that there's no fans there. I think that's definitely an advantage for Mitch Trubisky. But you're hitting on such a great point with Cordell Patterson where, you know, the way that we have this game plan going right now, it's it's run first, it's bootleg, it's, you know, short passes. I do think, though, that we need to make the Saints respect our speed, right, which is why I'm hoping that Darnell Mooney can maybe perhaps play. But as you're mentioning, Cordell Patterson playing indoors on that turf, there's not going to be that soldier field slip, you know, and I think that there's an opportunity. I'm maybe looking at Anthony Miller. I do like how Cole Komet, I'm not saying Cole Komet is a bunch of speed, but a lot more speed than Jimmy Graham. I do think at some point, if they can just flash it one play, just make something happen where they have to respect our speed, maybe for just a couple of drives. Maybe that gives us enough of that uh, that airspace to maybe make some hay on the offense. And I think Cordero Patterson in that offensive rhythm, you know, maybe he hasn't caught a pass in a while. That could be a great boon for the Bears. I, I think it's important to, to, to show them you're willing to take shots. And take those shots on early downs. The worst case scenario for the Bears offense this week is a failed running game on first down repeatedly. Because if you go to second and 10 on this team, if you're in second and nine, and then you try to throw the short stuff, which the Bears clearly want to do, if those safeties don't respect the long stuff, they're going to come up and they're going to hit you. And now it's third and six. And you can't keep playing behind the chains against a good defense. They've got to keep them off balance. They have some speed to do it. 
Cole Komet would be a huge part of my game plan this week. He's a tough guy to tackle. You can establish a bit of a physical presence early with this defense. Remember, we can go back three weeks on the Saints where they played, I think it was three or four weeks where they played the Eagles, and the Eagles ran for about 250 yards in that game. That's the other thing we talk about speed. A lot of that was Jalen Hurts. And I've been writing about this for weeks. I harp on this all the time. I don't understand why Mitch Trubisky refuses to use his legs. But if he were to ever do it this week and catch this team off guard, when a play breaks down, take off. Get the six. Get the seven yards. He could keep this defense off balance all day. I'm not holding my breath. It is not something he has shown any, any wherewithal to do. That's the move this week. If you want to catch this defense off guard this week, make Trubisky running it a big part of the game plan. That's a great point because I believe Jalen Hurts what, ran for 106 against them and Miles Sanders put a yeah. 15 against them too as well. Now that's a blueprint if you put that on Montgomery. I'm not saying Trubisky runs for 106, but man, I, I'm with you and I believe too also there's something about it when Mitch Trubisky early on in the game picks up a first down with his legs. It gives him confidence. It gives the defense something to think about and I just know that if he can perhaps flash that pretty early on, it seems to loosen things up just a little bit for this Bears offense that obviously sometimes struggles to put points on the board. It, listen, it is one of his best assets. And, and, I, and I hope Mitch Trubisky's agents and friends and family are letting him know he's not just playing a playoff game. He is playing for his NFL career. Mitch Trubisky is more than likely, unless the Bears bring him back, not going to be a starter in the NFL next year. It doesn't mean his career is over. Does that mean he's going to sign somewhere, going to back somebody up? I think he'd be a great backup, actually, for Lamar in Baltimore. He's going to sign somewhere. He's going to back somebody up. He's got to put on tape all of those physical attributes. And I don't understand why, when the play breaks down, he is more interested in throwing balls into triple coverage than just getting what he can with his legs. He's a really good runner. Uh, There's a lot of people who have guessed that it's injury-related. He has never really bounced back from the Harrison Smith hit against the Minnesota Vikings. That's mm-hmm. possible. But if I'm him, this is the playoffs now. And, and this is your team in a playoff game. And you got to leave everything out there. And you can't pass up first downs to throw balls away because you don't want to run. You've got to get every yard, and you've got to leave it on the field this week. And I think if he does that, he'll earn respect around the league. Jeff, we're going to get you out of here in this. I'm not going to ask you for a final score. I can leave that to, to Bear's blog, which everyone needs to check out. He's going to have some great articles coming up. He's had some great articles that he's already put out this week. But let me ask you this question. This 2020 Bears season, they go 5-1. and one. Nick Foles plays seven games. They lose six in a row. They win three in a row. They lose in week 17, but they back themselves into the postseason. This has been quite a schizophrenic season for the Chicago Bears. But just tell our good listeners here from the famous movie Dumb and Dumber, are you telling us that we got a chance on Sunday? In this league, everybody's got a chance. <laughs> I, I find it. They, listen, they played this team two months ago and they went to overtime. I mean, we can just look at the, the basic facts here. Uh, I, the health of Roquan Smith, I think, is a major issue. The health of Darnell Mooney, I think, is a major issue. I don't believe this Saints team is going to run up some big number on the Bears. But I doubt, truly doubt, that the Bears have a quarterback who can take advantage of what the Saints don't do particularly well. There are things they don't do well. You can hit this team over the top. Can Mitch? I don't think so. You can run on them from the quarterback spot. Can Mitch? I don't think he will. So I wrote, I think today, the Bears need Mitch Trubisky to not be Mitch Trubisky on Sunday. I still think he's capable of not being Mitch Trubisky, but most of the times he's Mitch Trubisky. If the Bears are going to win Sunday, they need their quarterback to deliver a terrific performance. 
They, they don't need him to be 158.3 and 500 yards, but they need him to execute on third down. They need him to be smarter in the red zone. They need him to limit turnovers, if not cut them out entirely. They need to remove the chains consistently. If he does those things, they're going to be in this game late. But it's a lot to ask for a quarterback who has not played well against top opponents. Well, it also sounds like a quarterback who the Chicago Bears, have, they've won football games in the three years that he's been the starting quarterback, but they've won with him, not because of him. And I think you're asking for Mitch Trubisky to change it up and win because of Mitch Trubisky this Sunday. We're going to have to see if that happens. And also here on Betting Chicago, might smell like a cover too as well here. <laughs> also as well, Jeff Hughes with the Bears blog. Thank you so much for joining again. You guys got to check out all of his great work that's going to come out the rest of this week and the week that he's and the stuff that he's already put out this week. Jeff, thank you so much for joining again. Always a pleasure and hopefully we can do it again. Hey, let's hope there's another game next week. I'm, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. That would be fantastic. <laughs> this is Believe in Betting Chicago with Joey Christopoulos. Today's episode is brought to you by betonline.ag. Thank you so much for listening today. Until then, we will be back with a couple more pods. Maybe after a Bears victory, we'll see what happens. But until then, be well, be safe, be good to each other. We will talk soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.